excited and it feels so good. Reunited because we understood. There's one perfect fit and sugar, this one is it. We're both so excited because we're reunited. Hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're, you, you are, you've not turned into a bad uh, AM station. You have turned into the Vox podcast. That's right. Um, with Andy and Mike in the same room. Andy, wow. Andy has flown out to the great state of Ohio and uh, is making his uh, Filipino presence known through uh, socks and shirt combos that have no business um, in, in the Midwest. Um and uh, and and so you know, thanks to Mercedes, his wife, and his family for letting oh, yeah. him come out. Number one. Um, but uh, I just want to I want to I want to quote the first stanza of Reunited. Uh, I was saying the chorus. Uh, I was a fool to ever leave your side. Me minus you is such a lonely ride. <laughs> the breakup we had has made me lonesome and sad. I realize I love you because I want you back. Well, no, uh, yeah, the, okay. So really, just the first. First couple of lines. I, I didn't mean the rest. Um, so my brothers and sisters, holy cow, we're in the same room. Andy has flown out to Ohio to set up uh, the podcast stuff that he sent out in the minivan as we drove across country um, and to set us up on Skype so we can uh, preach on uh, the Vox community uh, Sunday morning gatherings. Mm -hmm. And um, and we just have some better sound uh, quality um, although I, I heard you guys were really big fans of the, the chair that was squeaking last time I recorded something. <laughs> so uh, love that. But I've got all sorts of fancy stuff. And so thank you um, for your support. Thanks for kind of hanging out during this uh, time. We're trying to get our ducks in a row. Don't know what that means or why that's an expression, but we're getting our ducks in a row. Hmm. Uh, thanks for waiting uh, for us to do that. We are recording on a Friday night. It is 934 in the east as we are recording the uh, seth erie's uh on his way to to sleep hannah's watching probably so you think you can dance which um is demonic and um <laughs> or the new taylor swift video some sort of, well oh. i haven't seen that one yet but you know you know it's it's just nice uh it's just nice that t swift has some 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 more stuff coming out i uh it's been too long it's been too long um so uh, and what's the song? Look at what you made look, me do. Look at what you made me do. Yeah, it's definitely not shake it off. That's for sure. Yeah, it seems a little darker. <laughs> it seems like she couldn't shake it off. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, she didn't shake it off at all. In fact, it's grown into some sort of like darkness, <laughs> fungus, and darkness. So um, anyway, uh, Andy, give me your impressions of Columbus, Ohio, just briefly, as you're during your four hours here so far. Um, apparently I experienced the most traffic that exists here, which actually surprised me when I came. I thought, I thought there would be less traffic. Yeah, but did you, traffic. did you notice it's because the roads are so freaking narrow? Oh yeah. So, so the surface streets in California are bigger than the freeways yeah, in Ohio. Sure. Definitely. So, it, so that's mean, part of the issue. Totally. And and part of it reminded me of driving in New Jersey too. I mean, it's just like turn and loop and like I mean, yep. it's just there's so many different road changes I that's took right. just to get here. That's right. Um but yeah, it, tons of green. It's Lots of green. super beautiful. Um I happen to show up on the first day of fall apparently. It's Well, it's fall weather. Fall weather. I mean, it's September 1st and and it's like holy moly, all of a sudden it it went from, you know, 80 degrees to like 
57 right. and cloudy and it was so nice today and windy and it was like ooh yeah this is called weather yeah it My, was i mean that was nice i mean i was coming from like 90 something oh, in san clemente or oh, in san juan so right yeah. which means it would be the braille world headquarters it, 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 it's like 105 baking. like i heard yeah like inland that like placentia brea fullerton area is like over 100 so so for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about um you know southern california people literally the question we get asked most when we meet people in ohio is why would you move here <laughs> and we tell them we were we came from california and they even they double down on that and look at us like we are absolutely dumb uh <laughs> to have made this move so we'll uh we'll see how it's going in february and uh <laughs> maybe i'll be visiting andy at that point yeah um so so what we want to do uh, Andy uh, promised a heavyweight episode, which I think was a, a shot at my weight. Um, I want to I want to talk about something that has captured the imagination of the Twitterverse. Um, you know, it's not we don't have enough to be outraged about. Uh, so the kind folks at the Coalition for Biblical Sexuality did us a favor this week to take our very uh, it was a very gracious favor to take our minds off of the tragedy in Houston and the flooding uh, they put out a um, an, a series of affirmations and denials about human sexuality and uh, and so immediately um, you know the the Twitterverse exploded into very predictable uh, camps. Um, and you know, you can argue that uh, all it did is just solidify each position. I mean, it didn't yeah. do anything to bridge build. Um, but, but of course we got asked, uh, about our take. And, uh, so if you're listening to this episode and you've got a computer nearby or a smartphone, it may be worth reading the Nashville statement. It's online and, um, and you can find it. And then, and then, uh, a group of, a very, Progressive folks wrote the Denver statement uh, mm -hmm. to counter that, and uh, a bit sarcastically. And then I'm going to write the suburban Columbus, Ohio statement, <laughs> which um, we'll just talk about the, the how many white people there are in Ohio. Um, we'll have the suburban Columbus, Ohio statement on race relations. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. No. Uh, so so obviously. Uh, and we got, we've got asked about this, you know, in our church, we've got asked about this all over the place. So, so no one's waiting for our super hot take on this, but I think, uh, a discussion is warranted because it illustrates so many of the themes that we've been discussing over the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, so I, I, I want to, um, I, I need to give some disclaimers before we dive in. So, so the the Coalition for Biblical Sexuality is actually a sub uh, section of something called the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, <laughs> which was formed, I believe, in 1987 to counter the rise of feminism. Now, one of the great arguments that that I've heard used against my position that women can hold any role in the church is that that invariably leads to the acceptance of homosexuality. So it's not surprising that a group very concerned with the former would also issue a statement on the latter. Oh, that's interesting. And um, and so uh, and and when you when I read through the signees, uh, at least the initial signees, I mean, it's it's kind of a who's who of reformed evangelical circles. And uh, with with some war some other folks from various backgrounds mm -hmm. who are certainly not reformed, um, and there are some folks on there that I consider friends and mentors. Sure. 
So, um, uh, you know, I want to tread lightly on, you know, you, you, the people, some of the people that signed this, I have a great deal of respect for. But I would, I would disagree. And if ever I were asked, not that anyone has or will, um, I could not in good conscience either sign the Nashville statement or the Denver statement, which mm-hmm. if you want to read, that's out there too. So neither one I, I, I would feel comfortable with. And I want to talk about a, a little bit. I want to talk about why uh, that is, but I want to focus primarily on the Nashville statement. And now I have to, because here, here's the Nashville statement and my take on it is that it's not about defending a traditional view of sexuality. It's actually about something uh, far more subtle and nuanced that is the spirit of the age, in their words, of, of reform circles. Namely, the idea that, that we need to maintain the boundaries of faith. And, um, and so this, they've elevated human sexuality and certain views of it to, um, at least in their language, to some of the great creedal statements regarding the incarnation of Jesus right. and the deity of Jesus. And, and so we'll, we'll fuss at that in a little bit. But I need to give some disclaimers. So first disclaimer is there are some folks on here I have a great deal of respect for. Secondly, there are some folks on here I cannot stand their ideas. I cannot stand the way they present their ideas. I cannot stand the outworking of their ideas. And that goes for the whole organization of the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. I cannot stand their work um, for reasons that you could probably figure out if you've listened for any length of time. I'm, I'm against a lot of Reformed theology, and I'm very much against a lot of complementarian theology. Um, and, uh, and so the fact that, that this was, you know, this was the organization that put out the statement immediately, you know, I roll my eyes and, and, you know, look for, look for things to not like. So I confess that the timing of it was interesting. And I know the timing of it was set, um, you know, many months ago, but, but it, it, you know, after Charlottesville (laughs) and in the middle of all the flooding in Houston, it, it kind of reinforces the tone deafness of of this because I mean it like like um, I've heard so many people just say well yeah well, evangelicals don't care about race they don't care about justice they don't care about poverty but they certainly care about who you're attracted to and and who you sleep with right and that just kind of that trope sort of was reinforced by the timing right of the statement and, and granted I mean the people that would disagree with the statement no matter when it was released are going to have a, a fit sure um but but it did it was just like this subtle like oh, really I we couldn't it, we couldn't have waited a week on this or like, whatever to me it felt like there was this funeral going on in a church somewhere and all of a sudden they break through the back doors with this statement down the aisle yes. like that's that's what it felt like to about me. about nothing about that had nothing, to do with the funeral exactly like that exactly and it was just like that that was that that's that's what i've been most upset about yes it's just, it's just that is so much of that anyways um so so somebody tweeted evangelicalism colon where leaders are more concerned with homosexuality and abortion than racism abuse of women and the poor and that just sort of feeds that that stereotype right we're the quickest to condemn the sins we don't struggle with mm-hmm. um i i also want to admit uh, at the outset that i do think there is a crisis in the church about the issues that are brought up in the statement. I mean, I think 
Um, there is very little guidance in the way of, of transgenderism, the very little guidance, to use their word, um, very little guidance uh, about navigating the waters of, of folks that seem uh, to be very faithfully Jesus-following and yet are um, solidified in an orientation that for 2,000 years has you know, been either the orientation itself or the actions that flowing from the orientation have been regarded as sinful. And, um, and so, so I, and I get the power of the creeds. I mean, the, the first creed in the new Testament was Jesus is Lord. And, and the second creed is, seems to be this thing that Paul quotes about, you know, Jesus was, um, Jesus was crucified according to the scriptures. He was buried, uh, according to the scriptures. He was risen again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And so it's the first Corinthians 15. So creeds, I mean, are, are super important clarifications, their summaries, they, they, they um, historically have provided very, uh, very helpful guidance on, uh, on some issues. But um, I, I just, I, I just think this one um, kind of misses the mark on some things. So, so because these issues are so important, I, I find the statement unhelpful. Uh, that it's not because I don't think the issues are important and worthy of a statement. No, no, no. It's because I think they're super important. A statement doesn't do them justice. Right. When right. in California, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, there was this big prop called Prop 8, uh, mm-hmm. Proposition 8, which was about, uh, was it was it gay marriage? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yep. And um, and so this was this was before, you know, the issue had risen to federal levels. And um, our church just didn't say anything about it. We got so much heat from people about, you know, not telling anybody how to vote. And I remember thinking and saying on more than one occasion, you know, God's view of sexuality cannot be contained or expressed in an up or down vote on on a proposition, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to take stances. And so I'm against stancing more and more in our polarized society. Public proclamations... Uh, without nuance, without conversation, without incarnation, and face-to-face dialogue, I don't think help anything anymore. Mm. And so I, I'm I'm off the bus the minute you just start doing statements in any direction. Um, so so those are all my disclaimers. So uh, makes sense so far, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. So so I've got issues, no question about it. Um, and I, granted, statements can be helpful. But, um, but, but I think people already know that evangelical conservatives are against homosexuality <laughs> and, and, and are very much for the binary male and female sort of equation and mm-hmm. um, uh, are very much against gay marriage. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, what, so, so I'm not sure, unless this is addressed to Christians... Um, I don't know why a statement like this, I don't know what this does. Right. Um, now maybe it is addressed to Christians and, um, and, and we'll talk about if that's true, but, um, you know, the, the issue that we've discussed many times in the podcast is the issue of being center focused versus boundary focused. Boundary focused organizations are very interested and invested in the lines of who's in and who's out. And, and, and whatever line you give, whether it's baptism or speaking in a foreign tongue, you know, an unknown tongue, uh, whether it's, um, you know, becoming a member of your church, whatever, whatever line you give to be a part of your community, 
The issue isn't whether or not there are lines. There are lines in every community or it's not a community. The issue is what you do with those lines and how you use them. Boundary focus groups use them to exclude and to provide security for people who are insecure um, regarding their own standing in the group. Um, now that's not always true, and there there are certain cases where boundaries are necessary, and there are boundaries in the New Testament. Not not an issue. I don't have an issue with boundaries, but I do have an issue with organizations that are boundary focused, and spend the majority mm. of their time delineating who's in and who's out. And we've found very much uh, more compelling a different vision for something called being center focused, which is and it's the difference as we've said between building fences. Um, or building wells. You can race and keep cattle on land one of two ways. You can build fences um, so they can't wander off, or you can build a well where they will want to be in the middle of, of wherever the water is. And so I've always seen Jesus, and I've seen his church, and I've seen what we want to be about in terms of being center-focused, where the community is made up of all those oriented towards the center, no matter how far away they actually are. Mm-hmm. So somebody who, um, so somebody's oriented and becoming oriented to Jesus, who has no church background, is an atheist, but there's something, there's some spark, there's something. Well, they're considered part of the group because they're oriented to, to the center. Whereas you can be really close and considered part of the in-group, you know, according to the boundary lines, but in actuality, you're oriented away from the center. Right, you would right. not be considered part of the group. And so, so the biggest issue I have with statements like this um, particularly the way they do these aff- affirmations and denials is is they are they are so delineating boundaries that you cannot help even if you're sympathetic to the theology that's represented you cannot help get into an us versus them mode mm-hmm. that's what boundaries do that's their purpose and we'll see I think there's a very sinister attachment to this to this um, to this statement regarding well who's a true Christian and who's not right and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna beat the crap out of that <laughs> uh, it's just it's just uh, so so to me I don't understand why why reinforce Force a position that everyone knows is held by conservative evangelicals. Um, there's no wisdom or counsel attached to it. So imagine, imagine it, uh, if you're a 13 year old boy, you find yourself attracted to other boys, and your youth pastor just reads this statement to you. Yeah. Of affirmations and denials. Now, yeah. I don't know that anyone really do that, but just imagine the harm. The terror. What scares me is the fact that I I feel like that's more likely to happen now <laughs> well i mean it's just it, can you imagine I, I just can't imagine it's like yeah yeah, yeah. anyways mean, anyways um you can't play you can't help but play us versus them um so if i don't sign this i'm a slave to the spirit of the age um statements change how we have conversations yeah so so now instead of having a dialogue between respectful mutually reciprocal camps in the church, now there's a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And you're either with us or against us. Right. And I just I, I just think that is so um, uh, unwise um, regarding this issue, but I, I think even more so regarding most issues these days. I just think in our polarized, social media-driven age, these internal discussions have to be held internally. Um, just at releasing this into the public sphere, I just think does does nothing but make our job harder for those of us who genuinely want to love, respect, serve, and and bring good news to the LGBTQ community. It's just our job has been made that much harder. Um, 
uh, I also think, <laughs> uh, I also think that that uh, you know it's it's one of those things where um, that we're we're trying to narrow who the who the true Christians are. And and yes, there's a there's a purpose to that, right? Jesus is Lord was one of the ways you did that, and baptism was one of the ways you did that back in the day. And but but um, why this issue as opposed to other really big moral issues of our day? Oh yeah, and divorce isn't even mentioned on it. I know. Yeah, we're Th- that's I'm sure I'm sure we're gonna get there. We're just gonna beat up <laughs> right. on that too. But I mean, but uh, to your point though, we can make the same statement. What about greed? Let's look at how much greed is destroying right. you know lives of so many people. But yet, what's out there? Right. No, no one's like carrying a banner. So if you for... want to do so, if you if we want to do Nashville statements on a whole bunch of issues. Well, that's at least consistent, right? But to just pick this thing and to ignore um, uh, our support of Trump uh, in the evangelical <laughs> community, um, our blessing of divorce and adultery um, uh, in a lot of communities, um, uh, the the rampant pornography, the I mean, uh, you know, you just go really, really. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we'll get to the Andy. Don't stop. Well, okay. So here's what I. So that was so we first first series of statements was disclaimers. Yeah. Second series of statements was about why statements are problematic. Okay. <laughs> well, you're making a statement about Perfect. statements. That, Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Because that's that's the joy. Yeah. That's the anytime you read an article on social media about how unhealthy social media is, you know, it's that's what we're doing. We're making statements about how bad statements are. Perfect. <laughs> We're making a stance on statements about not making stances. <laughs> Let me exactly. About statements. <laughs> it, which sounds perfectly consistent. All right. I'm going to give That's you. That's what we do here. And this is going to be rambly, guys. I'm going to give you 11 reasons why I cannot stand this thing. And this will be fun to measure the difference between a 9.30 a.m. podcast we do versus a 9.30 p.m. podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure yes. That's, that's going to play a role here. Absolutely. It'll be, this will be much longer. <laughs> no question about it. All right. So um, uh, things things I, I dislike. And again, no one's asking. Well, a few, few people have asked, but not like, you know, this isn't some hot take. But, but I just think it's interesting because um, it addresses our public witness on these issues. So uh, I, 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 so reason number one, I dislike this and wouldn't sign it. There is no, absolutely no public confession about our complicity. That's my wife. She's going to pick up Nate, now a high schooler. Goodbye, mama. Um, <laughs> at 10 o'clock at a party. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh man, he is he is full teen, full teen. I mean, I'm talking zits. I'm talking hair in regions that are interesting. I'm talking primarily underarms. Thank you. I'm talking. I'm talking just like like the rolling of the eyes. Oh, it's in full blossom. Mm. It's awesome. Um, and, and the nice thing is, I can still out obnoxious him. So as obnoxious <laughs> and sarcastic as he can, I can go bigger. Yeah. I can go With, bigger. That's without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. So so I still got him. I still got him. All right. Anyway, number the thing I, I dislike, number one, is there's no absolutely no confession or uh, acknowledgement of the need for repentance for the harm that we have done uh, in Jesus's name to the LGBTQ community, to the, the, the kids that haven't been 
uh, loved to the the marriages that have been walked away from to the I mean I mean and again let's assume let's just assume for the sake of argument that they're right that this theology is correct okay all right um I would still I mean I would still just have all sorts of issues you cannot you cannot according to Jesus judge the world without first acknowledging the log in your own freaking eye. And to sit there and to and to just make pronouncements about who is a faithful witness to Jesus and who is not without any acknowledgement uh, of the harm that um, that Christians have done uh, in the name of Jesus and and using some of this theology, I just I, I think it's absolutely crazy. There's no. Uh, I mean, Jesus was so clear. You have to take care of the log in your own eye if you're going to judge everybody else. So mm-hmm. the fact that that we have allowed and we've contributed, we have, in the name of Jesus, called gays terrible names. Uh, we've resisted, some of us resisted AIDS research and funding when it, the mm-hmm. disease first hit. Um, I mean, we're known primarily as anti-gay. I mean, we have not represented Jesus well. I just don't, I, I don't know how anybody would say that we've represented Jesus well to the gay community. I just don't think you can say it. And to just yeah. have a series of pronouncements that is going to be viewed as antagonizing and hateful, whether or not they're right or not, um, without any sense of our complicity in creating the mess that exists, I just I, I find that absolutely, absolutely mm. ridiculous. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I, I can't, it blows my mind. If judgment begins with the house of God, then then a, the statement like this, a Nashville statement about the rightness and wrongness of morality and sexuality has to start with how our own house is a mess. And so I just, I, 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 I just stop there. I mean, if that, if that were the only reason, that would be enough for me to just be against it. Mm-hmm. But But on top of that, um, there's no warmth, no compassion, no empathy. Uh, there's um, there, there's no there there's no guidance. I mean, it's cold, formulaic. Um, and when you're talking about issues of belief, okay, okay, I get that, right? Uh, Jesus is the is very God of God. He is the the only begotten. I mean, I, yes, all this technicality of language. Okay, perfect. Um, but when you're dealing with issues of sexuality, which seem far more personal mm. to just have a cold, you know, affirmation and denial, I just don't, I don't think it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't present, this is still under disliking number one, the tone of it. It doesn't present any vision or compassion for LGBTQ people yeah. other than, um, chastity outside of marriage, mm-hmm. um, which is not in any way, shape, or form um, the the a, a summary of the Bible's teaching on human sexuality. Um, no way, no way. There's chastity in marriage. Number one, I mean, that's the first problem. Is there's a bunch of chastity in marriage. Yeah. Um, you don't use your spouse for sexual uh, gratification. You you actually seek to gratify them. Um, um, uh, the chastity of guarding your heart against emotional affairs, guarding your eyes against uh, pornography, the chastity that requires, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. come on, give me a break. But there's no vision or compassion for LGBTQ people, which is totally consistent with what we've done with, with like even straight kids, uh, because we just tell them, no, just stay away, don't, it's bad. Um, and there's no vision that accompanies that. 
Um, and so the, so in that way, it's totally consistent with what we've done. And, and that's one of the reasons why our, our house is such a mess is that there's no compelling vision to this. There's no, there's no, there's no picture of human flourishing. See, I mean, and mm. that's the thing, Andy, I'm jumping ahead uh, in my notes, but, but, um, the, this doesn't address the primary objection that I see from people regarding the ethic presented in this statement, the, the traditional biblical teaching, mm-hmm. namely that the traditional biblical teaching actually is harmful to gay people. It harms them. It increases suicide and rates of depression. There's nothing in here addressing that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so, so, so just sitting and pronouncing and, and thinking that our rightness is enough Mm-hmm. Man, I, I just th- all this does is make the mess worse. Yeah, um, and it, it divides what should be a unified witness on far more pressing issues in the church. Yeah. So now, if I don't sign it, um, I am a liberal. I'm a whatever, right? I'm I'm out of the group, or not a Christian, or not <laughs> not a Christian. Yes. Uh, I mean, so so you have like. Like, here's Article 1 of the Nashville. We affirm that God has designed marriage to be a covenantal, sexual, procreative, lifelong union of one man, one woman, as husband and wife, and is meant to signify the covenant love between Christ and his bride, the church. Um, Yes, we deny that God has designed marriage to be a homosexual, uh, polygamous, polyamorous, I think, (laughs) relationship. We also deny that marriage is a mere human contract rather than a covenant made before God. Okay. Um, So it doesn't speak. It it only speaks against homosexuality, polygamy, the other one that I couldn't pronounce. Polymority. (laughs) Right. Um, But it doesn't mention divorce. Doesn't doesn't mention infertility. Doesn't mention Mm -hmm. any, any of the ways that through no fault of your own or through your fault... Um, you fall short of that. It just singles out one specific issue, mm-hmm. um, and and you just go okay. But but is that does that really summarize the biblical view of sex? Where is pleasure in that? Right when you have an erotic poem like Song of Songs that celebrates the pleasure, just the sheer bodily pleasure of uh, of sexuality, or the deep companionship, or the friendship that comes. You know, it's just it's it just feels thin. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I highlight that just to highlight the fact that that if all you're going to say to LGBTQ people as a result of a statement like this is okay be chaste, um, uh, that I don't think that captures first of all the pastoral responsibility we have, but also the theological depth of the biblical teaching on sexuality. Make mm-hmm. sense? Yep. Oh, and, and I, I just don't see what it costs us to apologize. I just don't see what it costs us to acknowledge there's been real harm done to, uh, to the LGBTQ community in the name of Jesus. I don't, I just don't see what that costs us. Right. All right. Um, uh, number two, um, they've broadened the definition of orthodoxy beyond doctrine to ethics, which is a big deal. Hmm. So, so orthodoxy has traditionally been considered a series of affirmations about uh, Jesus, the Bible, uh, salvation. Uh, but now we've added an ethical category about um, uh, your view of marriage, uh, which raises a fascinating question. Well, why not your view of war 
or your view of violence or your view of poverty. Um, it, it, uh, it, it's to add to orthodoxy is bad enough, but then what they chose to do, it seems highly arbitrary. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because the reason they give is, well, this is a really pressing issue. The spirit of the age right. is really okay. And I agree. It's a pressing issue. Um, but, but you haven't yet, um, given us a reason why this issue and not others like, uh, greed and poverty, like race, like justice, um, uh, like the evangelical support of Trump and the wedding of, of, uh, evangelical Christianity with politics and conservative politics, right? I mean, those issues, it, it just seems, it just feels arbitrary mm-hmm. to me. Especially when you're going to start using words like orthodoxy and Christian fidelity, um, and 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 do it about biblical ethics, right? So the difference is doctrine, of course, is what we believe. Ethics is what we do, as a result of what we believe. Hmm. So now you're you know, now you're broadening uh, Christian orthodoxy into ethical categories. So if I'm a pacifist and I see that Jesus, that flowing directly out of the teaching of Jesus is nonviolence. Right, it, it with way more clarity, um, perhaps than uh, than homosexual homosexuality. Um, w- why would I not then, on the basis of this, simply say, well, okay, good. If we're if we're including ethical categories that seem really obvious to us, then why not others? Yeah, I don't see number three. I just don't see. I, I just see this. If, as failing to acknowledge our hypocrisy and our double standards. Divorce in the Christian community is not mentioned. Domestic abuse in the Christian community is not mentioned. mentioned. Pornography, um, adultery, none of that stuff is mentioned. It's it's totally focused on um, on one specific issue, and I and I know they've done that specifically to focus on one specific issue, and I'm yeah. fussing at them because. Right. But but I'm just I'm trying to your point. It's arbitrary amongst all these other issues. It feels that way. Yeah. If you were going to offer a series of statements regarding other issues, I'd still have problems with mm-hmm. statementing. Right. But right. it just would feel more congruent, consistent. Yes. At least, yeah. At least they're not holding one as more important than the other. Like, why narrow in on this one? Right. Article 2, we affirm that God's revealed will for all people is chastity outside of marriage and fidelity within marriage. And again, um, you know, chastity within marriage is just as important. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I'm sure they know this, but it seems like um, it's not acknowledging there are many heterosexual ways of not living up to this standard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's the part that feels like it's missing. Um, We deny that any affections, desires, or commitments ever justify sexual intercourse before or outside marriage, nor do they justify any form of sexual immorality. Okay, that's traditional. That's traditional biblical teaching. Um, uh, But again, it's it's so sterile. There's no. There's no you haven't answered the main question of culture, which is how, how does this help you flourish? How does following traditional biblical ethics help human beings flourish? We right. just haven't answered that question. Um, article four. Um, oh, now this is where I start showing my bias. Okay. Now this, I think they're smuggling stuff into this. So 
We affirm that divinely ordained differences between male and female reflect God's original creation design and are meant for human good and flourishing. We deny that such differences are a result of the fall or a tragedy to be overcome. Now, what they're doing, this is the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, who has elevated your view on the role of women to be a first order issue, which I totally disagree with. But secondly, the, this is the language they use, divinely ordered differences. So mm, what they're yeah, so okay. what they're smuggling in yeah. here is uh, the fact, and what they mean, if you ask them what they mean, divinely ordered differences is, is the view that's called complementarity, which is uh, that men and women have designated roles in the home, in the workplace, and that's part of their DNA. Um, and, uh, so, so I feel like this is where I feel like it gets just a little sinister, not malicious or anything, but it's like, nah, I just feel like you're smuggling stuff in and, and, and you're making your view on this equal to the Bible's view on this when there are other really sincere Christians who would disagree. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and I, and, and I just get off the boat. I don't care who you are or how right you are. The minute you do not you do not allow room for dialogue or nuance, there's no nuance in this, right? It's right. just total. I mean, and, and or mystery or tension or nothing, it, it, and it, it, the I just don't I don't see uh, how this functions in a way that brings blessing um, or helps our witness uh, to the world. And th- and this is where I I totally agree, totally agree. I've got a bias, but. Um, uh, I, I think the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood um, has has really pushed this issue of, of uh, female submission. They even argue that Jesus is eternally subordinate in the Godhead, which is totally heretical. Um, so I just I'm I'm out just because of this stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Right, totally. Okay, Article Seven. Uh, I have a problem with this. Uh, we affirm that self-conception is male or female should be defined by God's holy purposes and creation and redemption is revealed in scripture. So we deny that adopting a homosexual or transgendered self-conception is consistent with God's holy purposes and creation and redemption. Now, this is what they're saying, it seems. Um, so there, there are a number of very, very well-informed, passionate, um, uh, well-spoken Christians who identifies gay and who uh, believe that the scriptures have called them to a life of celibacy. And, um, and th- what, they, what they use instead of chastity uh, or celibacy is they use the, word, uh, use the phrase spiritual friendship. They, they want to be mm-hmm. a community of spiritual friends. They, the, the companionship they long for, all of those things is found in spiritual friendship. And, um, and there are a number of scholars, a number of, a number of people who are just very viscerally and honestly living out the reality that they're same sex attracted and they're living under the Lordship of Jesus in a way, um, that calls them to, to chastity, mm-hmm. celibacy. Mm-hmm. What this article has done is to say that even their identifying as gay is not biblical. Right. So, um, to say uh, because, you know, gay Christian. So th- that's that seems to be what they're going after. And I'm like, why would you alienate 
people who are holding and practicing the position you're advocating at great cost. None of you guys are freaking walking around with this struggle, right? Mm -hmm. But these other folks are identifying themselves as a gay Christian and saying part of part of my gayness is I'm sex, sex, sex attracted. I'm didn't choose this. But part of my Christian is that I choose to live a life of chastity in response. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. What you've just said, we deny that adopting a homosexual or transgender self-conception is consistent with God's holy purposes. And I'm just like, well, okay. But, but think about all the other things you could say that about. Um, is, is identifying myself as depressed and anxious. Is that consistent uh, right. with God's purposes in creation and redemption? Mm. Um, uh, or, uh, or saying, I am an alcoholic, right. and, I wrestle, and, I, and I, every day I wrestle with it. Right. And, you know, right. right. I'm just like, ah, you sure? You sure you mm. want to do that? Now, the big one, Andy, the big one is Article 10, baby. This one... Yeah, this one, this one, we're gonna we're gonna beat up on. So, um, Article Ten, we affirm that it is sinful to approve of homosexual immorality or transgenderism, and that such approval constitutes an essential departure from Christian faithfulness and witness. An essential, right? So, so you, so we deny that the approval of homosexual immorality or transgenderism is a matter of, mo of moral indifference about which otherwise faithful Christians should agree to disagree. Okay, so Denny Burke, um, the president of the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, declared um, anyone who persistently rejects God's revelation about sexual holiness and virtue is rejecting Christianity altogether, even if they claim otherwise. Okay? Um, uh, and so what he's doing is he's elevating someone's view of sex, marriage, and a complementarian view of male and female roles to the utmost importance of matters of faith. If you affirm mm -hmm. gay marriage, or even if you believe that women can equally lead alongside men in the church, you are not a Christian. I mean, that... Burke, so he says this is a line in the sand. It, it is meant to shuffle people into who is in and who is out of Christianity, though the measure isn't. Now, he's not saying this. Right. Uh, the quote is from him is just a line in the sand. But essentially yeah. what he's saying is that in the article and then in his clarification of it, that this is now a test of whether or not you are a Christian. And um, so, so let me get this straight somebody who affirms that Jesus is Lord has trusted him for salvation, who struggles with same sex, um, uh, desires acts upon them. Um, but, but confesses them and repents, um, uh, identifies as gay. I mean, uh, that person's not a Christian, mm -hmm. uh, even though they may affirm all the historical markers of orthodoxy. That, that just seems crazy. You and I, Andy, and Vox would be considered um, heretical. Right. According yes. to this. Yeah. Because we believe that there are sincere Christians who disagree on this. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, so so according to that, according to this, um, 
uh, we are not faithful Christians or faithful witnesses. I mean, truly, according to this thing. Right. Because we actually believe there are people who love Jesus and who are gay. Right. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm assuming this whole time that they're right in their theology. Like, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but but yeah. let's just assume for the sake of yeah. argument they are. That if it's true. Yeah. I mean, the way some of this is stated is so unbelievably harmful. Um, and so, you know, it's like, like your view of gender and sexuality is now of equal weight with your view of the Trinity or your view of salvation. I mean, I, that seems to be what they're saying. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh, yes, this is, these are important issues. Yes. Biblical fidelity matters. Yes. There's a great deal of confusion in the Christian community and the Christian community itself is splitting over this stuff. Got it. We need clarity. No question. This is about the worst way it can come. Hmm. Um, uh, I just, I think all it does is, is further the polarization and the alienation. There's no, how do you build bridges out of this thing? Right. How do you freaking build bridges out of this? Right. There's no way. Right. Um, well, it's, it, I mean, it's crazy because in, in the same way, like, I, you know, during the political season, it, it became, it kind of became that. I mean, even, I think even since that time, there's now just deeper assumption from folks on the outside who look in, oh, Christian, oh, okay, so you love Trump. Like, it's just a straight line, you know? <laughs> totally, so totally. it's it's like, and that that's already caused a massive, you know, division as far as a lot of folks are concerned for, for the reason on that. I mean, that and that's the thing. This just took another hot knife and just kind of, you know, sliced it right down the middle again. Right. It's just... Right. But but not even... But not even... I mean, they're they're going after clearly progressive Christians. Yeah. But even Christians that wouldn't be considered super progressive, like, I don't think... Sure. I don't consider myself super progressive. Yeah, neither do I. Um, we're ruled out. Right. Uh, unnecessarily. Um, people like Wesley Hill... Um, who, again, wrote a book called Washed and Waiting. And he literally just tells a story about being same-sex sex mm-hmm. attracted and wrestling with uh, the call to, to celibacy and obedience to Jesus, in, in his view. Um, that guy's out of bounds, too. I mean, you're... you're uh, so I just think it's foolish yeah. at the end of the day. And I, and I can hear all the objections and I, I have seminary friends who've signed this and I got it. But, but I just think that if you're looking at the world from a culture war perspective, this is the move you make. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at the world and trying to make Jesus beautiful and to, to create a vision of life with him, that leads to flourishing, that allows people to be in process, that that starts with grace before truth. This is about the worst thing you could do. Um, I mean, it just does not does not help the cause. And and at the very least, um, uh, you know, I feel like just and we've said it before, just announcing the rightness of your belief is not does not does not absolve you from the responsibility of pastoring actual people through the right. believing process. Right. So I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it's like, I, <coughs> it's, it's like me. hard. Like I'm even, I'm even bothered that the coalition of, uh, for a uh, coalition, uh, what's the B word? B biblical. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> biblical. Well, yeah, that the coalition of biblical manhood and womanhood even exists. And furthermore, now this other coalition exists. Like, to me, it's just like, what are, what are all these, 
it's just the continuation of these creation of coalitions of banding and it's just that much more exclusivizing you know it's just it's all running in that direction and um yep yeah so again i i just feel like i need to reiterate the disclaimers are there is this important yes is there a place for statements yes um would would i sign this no nor would i sign the denver one Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, it gets into this binary of affirming, non-affirming. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I, I, I know it's easy for me to say as a white male, I got it. But I don't think the binary, that the binary is uh, the way of Jesus. I don't think, I think, I think Jesus doesn't, you know, no one encounters Jesus and gets 100% affirmed or not uh, affirmed, right? You just, mm-hmm. you, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's our job to order the sanctification of, of other people. Right. So, I mean, again, I feel like I'm such a huge advocate for the way we're approaching, you know, things at Vox. But I just think we're onto something that is bigger than this, um, bigger than the complete acceptance of everything or bigger than the complete rejection of everything. There's just, there's there's nuance here. There's um there's tension there's messy uh relational difficulties in the midst of all this mm-hmm. and and so anyway um again great respect for some of the signers but i would just i would never add my name to that not even remotely um so so i know this will raise lots of questions and feel free to send them our way uh, people ask us all, our, uh, all the time. We even got a question this week for from our church. Hey, what's your stance on homosexuality? We don't have a stance mm-hmm. on homosexuality. Um, it's I don't think it's a topic. I think it's people, and uh, we're not in the business of stancing. I, I think we got to get out of the stancing business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, if people say, you know, what's the view you hold? Um, I say our church holds this view that we want to be a place where focused on Christ and centered around the Eucharist, affirming and non-affirming Christians can learn, or people, they don't even have to be Christians, affirming and non-affirming people can learn to love and listen to each other. So our community has folks that are uh, openly gay, and our community has folks that think that being openly gay is sinful and would sign this thing in a second. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the power of what Jesus does. So I just think there are other ways to do this than uh, than stancing mm-hmm. and statementing, mm-hmm. um, if those can be verbs now. So <laughs> so it's 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 ten twenty two. Wow. To Andy, it's seven twenty two. Yeah. So you're on fire. But I was up at four my time. Whoa. So. Whoa, Andy Bear. Just still. Yeah. All right. Well, that's actually good because that means you'll be sleepy here. Yeah. I actually get sleepy around this time at home anyway. Oh, <laughs> so perfect. I just don't get to go to sleep because I'm putting children to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Mercedes, please don't hear that Andy's uh, going to go to bed uh, in the next 10 minutes, sleep for 12 hours. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> and it's good sleeping weather, man. It's like oh, in the 50s. I know, huh? Oh, buddy. All right. So um, it's so great to be in the same room with Andy. I can't even tell you how great this is. <laughs> And it's so great to be a part of, of your journey, wherever you are. And, and again, the goal is never to convince you to think like we do. Um, our goal is always to, to make Jesus beautiful. Um, our goal is to stimulate conversation and thought and be safe to talk about anything. 
and uh, and so some in some way, shape, or form, be a blessing to you as you are uh, on your own journey. So to that end, uh, please communicate with us on Twitter, on Facebook. What's our website, Andy? Voxpodcast.com. Andy was yawning, <laughs> just as if to prove his tiredness. Timing. Um, oh, man, the timing uh, on that one. And we've got voxoc.com. And for those of you yep. that, that signed up for the email list for voxoh, um, we don't know what that means or whatever. I'm still uh, involved with voxoc, of course. Um, but we realize we've got probably 40 or 50 people here mm-hmm. who are interested in something. Something. Yep. So uh, we'll be making some moves uh, just to at least meet up and uh, and get to know each other here in, in the next couple of weeks. So anyway, that's what we got. Andy, anything anything you want to add? Oh, man. I mean, at this point, no. I I guess I, 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 would, I would have said this before you started closing, but I, I've seen a lot. I've seen this come up a lot more lately is that um, people are saying like uh, Jesus would have taken a stance. You know, or, or he he ta- or Jesus does take sides. Like I've seen that pop up a lot lately, like in different kind of yeah things. And it's interesting. And, and what they're arguing is that, like, yes, Jesus has always taken the side of the oppressed. You know, he's always taken the side of the marginalized, of those who are hurt, and and that. And it's it's interesting because you could say that even the Pharisees whom he was challenging was under the oppression of Rome. So in a way, while he's challenging the Pharisees, he's still standing in the cultural oppression of the time. Right. So, but I just think it's interesting how people are doing that. Cause I think there's some people are hearing more of kind of a middle road voice like this in a way that kind of suggests like, well, you know, like let's not just take sides here. Let's really look at what this is. Right. And there's, and then that's even coming under attack for people who are taking sides and being like, well, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, this is clearly, this is a problem you have. You got to pick a side. Right. So it's, um, I, I just keep, I've seen that float, that statement floating around lately. Yeah. So, so, so let's say we take a side. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, I do think Jesus seems to affirm the the genesis teaching about marriage um in matthew 19 when he's asked about divorce i think jesus was shockingly uh, conservative in his theology and thoroughly progressive in his practice <laughs> yeah and and that's where i go okay so let's say you are conservative in your theology mm-hmm. how you hold your theology is more important than the theology you hold, according mm-hmm. to Jesus and according to the New Testament. Right. right? Love above everything, put on love, according to Paul. Imitate God. I mean, it's it's you know, and then that's where that's where I just get off the boat on the taking sides thing. Okay, right. let's say you've taken a side. I have an opinion on this stuff. I totally have a side, mm-hmm. but but what do you do with that? And how do you use that? And what's that do to you? If I'm the biggest sinner in the room, if I'm the guy with the log and someone else is the, it has a speck in their eye, right? Mm-hmm. It's a totally different conversation right. than just me pronouncing things totally. and taking sides. And so if, if, I, I think absolutely there are sides to this. And I think absolutely um, Jesus would have would would i think confront both sides of this issue we did totally. a whole podcast yeah. on a, here's i think jesus would confront the affirming crowd and i think jesus would confront the non-affirming crowd nobody gets off scot-free mm-hmm. um particularly if they're convinced they're right yeah well and that's the thing too because I, I was looking at this and i was thinking about that and i'm like 
listen, if I had signed something 10 years ago with how I tried to explain my grand theology and what I think of everything, I'd be going back down being like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't on with some of that, you know? And it's just interesting to me. Cause it's like, if, if the whole idea of maturity does exist, you know, then there's, there's going to be things we're working through, right. you know? And it's just now it's like, but the problem is it's like, this is the internet now. Like that's in print. Right. So it's like, okay, who's, who's going to be on that list? I mean, immediately, I think I already saw like a number of people all of a sudden start to question, Oh wait, I signed this thing, but wait, article 10 is wait, that's starting to seem a little bit fuzzy with what this means. Like, wow. so there was like, there's a little bit of that now happening of some of the signers going a little gray on like, really? Oh wait, I didn't really understand. I that. didn't that's, know that. Yeah. That's floating around a little bit. So it's, really? so it's, it's just interesting because I, a why does this thing need to exist and why now? And then for everyone that jumped on there, it's like okay, in ten years from now, if if you feel differently about this, then well, what does that mean though? You sign this statement that they apparently think is going to exist for eternity, right? Yeah. So what what what's the what's the present of trying to capture this moment then with all of this approval from all of these people that are seen as important in this time, like as if it equates to you know, all of the former creeds that we have that are, you know, hundreds of years old now. So I, that's just, those are all, all things I've been rolling around in my head. I'm just, it's a huge why. Like, and I read the statement of like, here's why now. And to your point, it was just like, well, we had been planning it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, it just, how outrageously socially tone deaf was it to just be like, yeah, let's release it now. Right. I I just don't understand why it's like you could have like literally a week later would have felt like you kind of cared about what was happening when you released it. I don't know, man. I, (laughs) I, you know, I get um, a buddy of mine, you know, just said, it seems like you care more about winning people to Jesus than being faithful to kind of scriptures teaching on some of these big issues. Hmm. And I'm not sure that's an either or, but um, I just wish more people cared about that, that bit right about um and again not that i'm some huge and wonderful i am huge but i'm not not that i'm some wonderful representation of jesus to everybody i'm not well, saying I that think at you're all jesus oh my lord <laughs> um but 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 it just seems when i read paul so much of what drove him was making jesus beautiful yeah was like furthering the gospel and i just don't know how that does how this does that Mm-mm. Um, seems like it makes the job harder in some ways. So, uh, much love, uh, to, to you. And, uh, as, as you are processing this stuff, if you've not read it, go ahead and read it. Love to hear what you think. Um, my brothers and sisters, Andy and Mike in the same room reunited. Uh, love it. Um, Andy's again, setting up some stuff so we can Skype and it'll feel like we're in the same room. It'll be glorious. But, Mm -hmm. For now, Andy, why don't you do the blessing, dude, just to prove you're here. Do you remember it? I, I, I usually do. I'm just, let's, right. see, let's see if my brain's working right now. All right. It's may 10, the, 10.30. May, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Yeah, yeah. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. Boom. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and may he give you peace. Amen. Yeah, these Andy, good job. Yeah, yeah, I add the end these days. Yeah, right. I like that. I like that little biblical addition. Yeah. Come on. I'm expanding <laughs> hey, orthodoxy. Yeah, if you can add them, why can't they? Right. (laughs) My brothers and sisters, we love you guys. Thanks for letting us be a part of your life. Till next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Vox Podcast. Learn more about us at voxpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Vox Podcast. And now support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash voxpodcast.